0: And welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 42 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host... Victor Young. Victor Young. (laughs) All right. (laughs) If you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of the new comic books that are coming out, To the local comic shop. The coffee we'll be brewing today is a holiday blend. It's roasted by Detour Coffee Roasters. And the comics we'll be discussing today are. Big list. Batman number 62. Justice League number 15. Blackbird number 4. Die number 2. Green Lantern number 3. Young Justice number 1. And Captain Marvel number 1. So it's going to be one of those shows jam f- what do we call it Pack full of jams Pack full, <laughs>
1: yeah, <it's> pack <laughs> full, full of jams
0: <laughs> if you like this show please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice we can be found on podcast services all around the world so alongside we hitting that subscribe button let us know how we're doing by hitting up iTunes and leave us a review and a rating and make sure you spread the word about this podcast so before we deep dive into our coffee and into deep dive our, dive deep whatever yep, one of those things one of those they all work <laughs> Pack full of jams Let's catch up a little bit, uh, Victor. How's your week been? Do you know that some of your glasses are cracked at the bottom? Yes. My, uh, not my, no, not my eyeglasses. In case if people are. Yeah, I no, know. I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about on. one of his
1: water glasses. They, uh, it's cracked at the bottom. Yeah, but somehow it's still containing. Probably didn't crack all the way through. Anyway, what I've been up to this <laughs> week. Uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up, just in case, you know, maybe perhaps you were thinking about replacing your glassware. Hey, you
0: know what? Any sort of warning. It's, it's good warning
1: <laughs> I, su- I, su- a, I guess
0: <laughs> you know, it'd be bad if just one day I started drinking and just and like, it just, hey it's, it's not going to my mouth it's going onto the floor
1: <laughs> uh, this week I, I finally watched uh, Bird Box on Netflix hey, um,
0: okay I haven't watched
1: it yet uh, so. obviously and uh, <laughs> for for all the listeners Jerry is not a scary movie kind of guy
0: Yeah,
1: not that it actually it wasn't even really a scary movie to be honest it was not a scary movie just very suspenseful.
0: Like, um, what was the other suspenseful movie? The one by John Krasinski? Uh, uh, Quiet Place. Uh, Quiet Place.
1: Yep, it's exactly like Quiet Place. Okay. It's actually like, actually when you think about it, you can draw a lot of parallels between those two movies. Okay. So if you liked A Quiet Place, you would really yeah, like a good movie. You would really like Bird Box. Okay, all right. Yeah, so Sandra Bullock is, is still a, a fantastic actress, obviously. Um, she has aged very well. Yes, like she doesn't look her age, to be honest. Yeah, to be very fair, uh, which is obviously a testament to her. Um, but the movie is about um, these monsters or demons or whatever that invade Earth, and whenever someone sees them, like it, it takes over their brain and it makes them commit suicide on the spot, <laughs> like however possible. Like it, it manifests itself as that person's like deepest fears and then they see it uh and then it automatically makes them want to kill themselves <laughs> so then they try and traverse this whole movie moving around with blindfolds on okay which is a little crazy but overall very good movie i would highly recommend they
0: should have called this do. movie uh ostrich
1: why because the if they don't see it then then it's not there and but they know it's there. It's That's a, the it's difference. A, it's a thing ostriches do. I know, but they, the difference is they know that it's there. That's why they're wearing the blindfolds.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what have you yeah. been up to this Ostrich week? Ostrich box. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? I'm done talking about we, this.
0: <laughs> we finished... Uh, we caught up, sort of, on the uh, the second season. Well, I guess sort of on line two. Not really the second. I guess second season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In parentheses. Yeah, yeah we finished the... Um, the Gungale arc. Okay. And we finished the... The the arc after that. Mother's Rosario. Okay. Yeah, so we finished those two arcs. So now we're coming up on Alicization.
1: Which I wasn't initially a fan of. In the beginning. Like, I still haven't yeah. watched past the first five minutes of the first episode, so... <laughs> okay, no, I, I get it, though. Because yeah.
0: we started watching it, and we got, like, 20 minutes into the first episode. Um, She was really tired, so like you know she kind of like fell asleep so i watched that first 20 minutes i know exactly why you wouldn't catch on yeah it's just such a it's such a different such a different feel from the previous it's a very
1: different feel like yeah you, you if you watch the first season and then you watch the second season and then you watch the movie like it it all has a very similar way of telling its story
0: I just found out there's a movie too. I didn't watch that yet. I should watch that before I get into Alice. It
1: doesn't. It doesn't matter. I don't think like the the movie is not canon. So oh, it's not. I thought.
0: I thought it takes place. I thought like it really took place. I don't
1: think it's canon. I could be very wrong. I'm not deep into the sort of online lore as I am with like Dragon Ball. Right. 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 Um. So, uh, as far as I know, it's not canon. So I mean, really, you could watch it whenever you want uh, but if you want to watch it now before you continue with that Station, then it's might as well then it's whatever right yeah it's a good movie though I think you'd enjoy it
0: I mean chronologically it came out before that. series. yeah if you want to watch things chronologically then yeah like based on release date yeah based then, on release yeah. date then yeah
1: sure yeah, then That's would uh, that would be that. the best way to do it yeah yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yeah speaking of that just real quick like I'm not I'm big on chronologically release date I'm not big on like Chronologically, in terms of when things happen in a series, well, if, Th- those are always weird. Like, if, I would never watch a prequel before
1: the actual series. Well, the thing too is, if if the developers or if the filmmakers, series makers, whatever, release it in a particular way, then that's how we should absorb. That's it. how you should absorb it because yeah. that's the that's the way they intend for you to view it. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I, I get it. Like. You would want to watch the prequel, the main, and then the sequel if there is one, right? But if they release the main, then the prequel, yeah, then exactly. it's no, no. meant I, to be viewed that I way. I'd rather right? watch so,
0: it as main than prequel if that's how it came out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always based on release date. Release date for me, yeah, at, yeah. at least anyway. For, if I watch things out of order, it just feels wrong. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Like, uh, like if you're going back to watch a, like an old anime that came out like 10 years ago that everyone's saying, Oh, you got to watch. But if you watch it ten years later, it, it feels weird. It feels weird, yeah. yeah. But you can still enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are some that age well, and then there's a lot yeah. That like just I watched, uh,
1: I watched a, uh, an anime called and G- Lagan*, and that came out a long, long time ago. Uh, but then my buddy was just like, "You, you got to watch it." So I was like. Okay, I guess I gotta watch it, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. But again, in the beginning, it was just weird because I was just like, "Well, th- this feels old to me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it it has the the story and this in the and this setting in the show has nothing to do with timing. Yeah, because right? it's its own world. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: But I think that that's to do with video games too. Like you got to go really old school to like the sprite age, where it's like RPGs are like in sprites. Yeah, it's like okay, cool. That's a certain art style. Then you start playing some of the games from like PS two, PS one, and you are like, "That
1: feels man, weird. this thing aged." <laughs> yeah, I feel like playing like an old Tekken game. For example. Oh my god, like Tekken, yeah. like Tekken uh, four, right? And three before, well, Tekken three is what really made Tekken a popular game. But going back to playing Tekken four after playing Tekken six and seven, because five, six, and seven, they introduced the uh, the juggling system. right right right, right. the bound system they call it and in tekken 4 they had none of that so you go back and just like why isn't the guy bouncing up so i can continue my combo (laughs) like what's going on (laughs) right and of course like the the graphics and the art style is different so like i mean in that in that sense like you can really tell the difference yeah with games right like but at the same time some people really enjoy that right because i mean games nowadays more or less are kind of the same yeah Most some of them not all of them but triple a title games are going in a very in a scary direction, direction yeah. yeah in the sense that i don't know how creative they can get anymore because with say for example with uh and we'll, we'll keep this brief because this intro is getting kind of long but the game uh, podcast yeah the game podcast <laughs> uh, like days gone for example yeah so t- it looks fantastic i'm i might go out and buy it but when you look at it uh objectively it's just another zombie game Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just another last of us but told in a different setting with different kind of zombies but it's more or less the same game yeah right so uh we'll see where the this triple a title thing goes um hopefully um because
0: the third person open world thing has really just taken over most AAA studios. Yeah, and yeah. that's become like the norm now for a lot of.
1: Yeah, fans. like even that new one with that—that's a uh, Hideo Kojima, has with uh, Norman Reedus. Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's—it's it's a very in terms of its storytelling and its gameplay, it looks very, very different. But again, objectively, it's just another third person RPG, man. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. That third person open world. That's.
0: Yeah, a lot of games are just going down that same direction now. Even like Assassin's Creed is the same same idea. But
1: Assassin's Creed was always right. like it's that, always though. like
0: that, but now even bigger. Right? And but then that's the thing. That's like they just keep it's just producing that same thing. Yeah. You know? And then you have like games like Far Cry, you have games like you know, Witcher and whatever. Like but it, Far Cry it, they're would... all they're all in that open world vein. Yeah. So I, I guess it's really just like which setting you wanna be in and which yeah. characters you want to play yeah, it's as just, it's, it's basically
1: like pick the story that you want that you want to play yeah that's basically it yeah right
0: but in terms of innovating that's why like i think vr is such a big thing now for video games it's in terms of in- innovating
1: like you're, you're just appealing to a different sense now but also why retro games are such a big thing now yeah. too, because right? it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's something different from what a different art style what now, we right? have yeah. to offer these days exactly right? yeah yeah but anyway let's uh
0: but yeah sort of. it's, art, it's so. <laughs> yeah.
1: this intro's gone on very long so yes it
0: has uh, let's go brew that coffee we'll come back talk some comics let's do it and we're at the comic segment and what we do in this segment is we take some of the newest books to come out to the local comic shop and we take them here dissect them break them down talk about them analyze them do what
1: we do do what we do <laughs> Yep <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I say that like like brand new listeners will know exactly what we do uh, No, we just, you know, we we talk about it freeform And uh, we analyze some of the themes that are in the books And uh, just have a nice conversation about it But before we get into that, Victor, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the coffee
1: we'll be having Our coffee this week is called the Holiday Blend From the, uh, oh, there's many regions actually oh, Well, it's a blend obviously, it's, <laughs> it's multiple beans <laughs> Uh, so, 40% of this blend is from Guji, Ethiopia. Okay. 20% is from La Libertad, Huehuetenango, and Guatemala. Uh, and the other 20% is from Rio Azul Coop in Huehuetenango, Tentanago, Guatemala. Uh, why the other 20% is missing, I don't know. Because <laughs> that only amounts to 80%. Uh, but Wait, maybe,
0: time out Yeah, that's, what's that? 40 2020 Yeah,
1: 40 2020. 20. Oh. So the other 20% is a mystery It's, it's uh, an absolute mystery Oh boy It's uh, Santa's coffee beans <laughs> uh, And it's from uh, <coughs> It's been roasted by Detour Coffee Roasters Out in uh, Burlington, Ontario So I mean, I, I know the, the holidays are Well over by this point <laughs> But it's still nice to Try out this holiday blend Yeah and see where it goes so far it's pretty tasty i like it it's pretty tasty it. it's it's a little darker than w- what i would prefer mm-hmm. um, but it's still good and and i think we'll be able to get some good thoughts on it by by the end of this segment
0: yeah yeah, yeah for sure I, i'm already having a few ideas so we'll definitely <laughs> it'll be exciting to reveal those at the end oh yeah for sure yeah yeah okay so before we start talking about the books uh spoiler warning because of the nature, we'll be talking about the books. Because of how we're going to try to analyze and dissect some of the themes that are being covered in the books, we will need to we we will need to talk about the plot points. So, if you haven't read the book already, or if you haven't read these books that we're about to talk about, head on to your local comic shop, pick up those books, grab them, read them, put them nicely back into the bag, tape them up, seal them, put them away in the box, and then come and uh, listen to the listen to the episode. And then we'll, we hope you'll find our conversation enlightening. Okay, so first book we'll be talking about is Batman number 62. It's written by Tom King with art by Mitch Gerard and letters by Clayton Cowles. So this book is another, how, how do I put it? It's another sort of like, um, like,
1: a, bridging, like, a, a, bridging like a bridging issue, bridging
0: issue right? <laughs> but way better um, than the last one, I think. I yeah, I think it's it's very different from the last one in a sense that so they're both part of the nightmares arc. So you can already kind of tell like these are just sort of these these are dreams that he's having, I think.
1: Or um, it doesn't well, it doesn't
0: full on say it, but I think the reveal at the end of the issue kind of makes it seem like he's in a dreamlike state.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so yeah, it, it just doesn't make any sense uh as it pertains to what Batman is doing in this issue mm-hmm. uh, as to how he got here and got into this situation. Like it just doesn't make any sense that he that they would just start off this issue and have this issue the way that it is yeah, uh, without having some sort of prior explanation or build up to it.
0: Yeah. yeah, 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 for
1: sure. So I think it just makes sense that this is perhaps uh, a nightmare that uh, Batman is having.
0: Yeah, and it's you can kind, you can kind of see it through the vi, um sort of like the visuals in this book as well yeah. that it's it, it it very much is showing the mindset that he has currently and showing him struggling with the mindset that he's having. Um, yeah. So in in this particular book, he's faced with Professor Pig and he's trying to understand how he came into the situation and he's trying to analyze the situation but he's he's constantly sort of doubting the things that are around him like why he knows that Professor Piggy talks yeah Or he knows that all bad guys all villains will talk up a monologue and stuff like that during during situations like this but he doesn't understand why he can't hear him Mm -hmm. or why would he leave me with the weapon or why would my armor go and stuff like that so he knows there's something wrong with the situation yeah. and he's trying to decipher it he's trying to figure it out and at the end of the issue you have him figuring it out and you know sort of seeing that hey this this might be a dream because then damien shows up under the mask yeah and and continues the the three little pig story
1: yeah essentially right um remember professor pig in um arkham city the game do you ever play did you play arkham city
0: i played it i don't know if i beat it i got really close to the end i think
1: yeah because because professor pig shows up as as a as a as like an enemy in arkham city i think so Uh, because he he scatters clues around the city right about what about the murders he's committed and uh, it just this just this issue reminded me of that because he was just such an annoying enemy to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: yeah, it, it's a confusing read I think from the beginning if you're, um, if you're you, trying
1: to if you have no idea what's going on exactly like, with yeah. Batman. Yeah, like if you had no idea that this was the nightmare arc, then the last issue in this issue may would make no sense to you as a reader. Yeah, because it's because these issues. Number 1 they already don't provide an explanation as to what's going on. So it's I think it's already <clears throat> difficult a little difficult for someone who's following the Batman series. Uh people like us for example like well, we were pretty confused about reading it in the beginning I think. Uh but if you're a new reader you're just hopping into this issue there's no way. There's no way you're getting this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and it's that there are some things i think uh, because the events of this issue and the thought process that he has in this issue ties pretty much directly
1: back to the fallout of the wedding issue yeah basically issue 50 onward is exactly yeah because a lot of that stuff is in this issue too
0: exactly yeah but a lot of the arcs that were after issue 50 they were sort of they, they were they were examining his his ideals moving past that, so like they talked about like the ideals of of Batman and stuff like that, in uh, the Cold yeah. Days arc and stuff like that. But this issue particularly harkens right back to his immediate feelings after the fallout from Fifty, yeah, and how a lot of a lot of his world is falling apart, and that he ha- he hasn't been able to really protect the people uh, around him and stuff like that, right? And what I got in particular. There's one part in this book that I thought that that really stood out to me that stuck in my mind for a bit. and it's the art and it's the part right after right after he throws the knife and the blunt end knocks down Professor Pig. yeah, so he's stepping on Mr. Pig and he's saying, oh no, you you know, wait, don't you know don't keep stepping on him so hard. you'll kill him and stuff like that. So then Pig ends up getting his knife back. So Batman says, uh, you let him get the knife. You traded the blood for the knife. Now he has a knife. All you have is the blood. Yeah, That part stuck out to me because if we're taking this issue as not a literal sense of what's happening, but a metaphor, which he mentions at the beginning of the issue, that this is a metaphor, it's a story, right? Um, if we take <laughs> it for a metaphor and analyze it based on the fact that he's just seeing things that are happening in his life and visualizing it in the battle with Professor Pig. I feel like, and this is just how I'm interpreting it, him, him saying you traded the blood for the knife and now he has a knife. All you have is the blood. He's basically saying you traded, you traded the pain after the fallout of what happened. You traded the pain to rediscover Batman And there was that there was that idea in Cold Days where he's rediscovering Batman as the savior for himself, right? Right. He rediscovers Batman. He tries to go back out into the force and he tries to he tries to do good again for the city, but all he has is is causing more pain to the people in his circles, right? So, Mm you know, the whole thing with Bane has caused him to lose some of his mental focus. The the whole thing with punching Gordon in the face. Uh, dick getting shot and he realizes this and he realizes yeah. all of that right and I think this is that particular panel for me is what it's him piecing that all together
1: yeah right and because, he and he, know, like, he knows this he knows exactly, that yeah. um, when when Selena walked out on him like that's when everything started going like just south for him mm-hmm. and he, he references that well he references it once uh, but it's uh in that in that one or one or two panels like he basically lays out
0: all the everything that's that gone wrong yeah
1: right and uh, I think this issue is, is Vin Diesel back no uh, <laughs> I, for a brief moment yeah because I, I heard, I heard, heard like there, yeah. crazy bass so I was like <laughs> oh man here we go Scarborough Drift <laughs> uh, um, what was I talking about again <laughs> Selena right and he pieces these things together, and I think this this issue is, is pivotal in him realizing that from from that event onward, like it, there can't be a mistake in the way that he's been behaving. Mm-hmm. Right, so he knows that that Bane is is that guy that's really really just trying to throw him out of his element. But he also realizes that the way he's also gone about trying to get Bane is really hurting the other people around him as well.
0: Yeah, because he's losing his edge, Yeah, right? And him losing the knife in that particular moment, for me, if this is what Tom King intended in his writing, is that he's losing the sharpness and he's losing the edge of what makes him a great detective yeah of what makes him a great batman
1: right right and he calls himself out on that too exactly right? he's like yeah. he's like i'm the world's greatest detective i can figure this out yeah uh so but to he me still that doesn't really figure it out done. yeah exactly <laughs> when you think about it he still yeah, he doesn't, doesn't figure it out this issue so yeah. that that tells a lot about what's really going on with batman right like like i said uh a few episodes ago uh during issue uh I think it was 50 i think it was 55 with kg beast right okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and i mentioned that it's gonna get worse for him before it gets better with this whole bane thing mm-hmm. right and, and, I, and i think like with these issues leading up to the eventual end of this arc um, i think these are going to be the lowest points for batman yeah Right, and it's uh it's painful to see but also very, very good character development because
0: he's emotionally and psychologically broken down. Yeah. Like he's just not he's not just physically broken down anymore. You know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So this is good character development and, and and uh as as painful as it is to read it, it's it's still good to read.
0: Right? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And it just yeah, it it's it's really poetic the way he writes, the way Tom King writes. But i i find that if you're if you're in it for this story like if you're in it to to understand what tom king's trying to do in the in his vision of the story you have to read the run yeah this isn't one of those you can pick up the arc and sort of understand what's going on right like you know how like a lot of runs they'll be like um like a couple arcs in they'll do like a recap and then you can jump onto the series and you can read the series right This is one of those stories, this is one of those runs where if you're not in it from issue one, you're going to be missing out a lot of story. Yeah, You're going to be missing out a lot of the things that he references back on.
1: And if you don't start off from issue one, you still got to go pretty far back, right? Because there's, I mean, they'll make references, but I mean, there's, there's always certain points in very long runs where... You can sort of just pick up from there, and, mm-hmm. and and things will still make a lot of sense. I think for I think for this particular arc, uh, issue fifty onward is probably where you want to start. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you have to pick up a point, yeah,
1: it'll be 50. issue fifty. Yeah. Would would make the mo- maybe maybe forty nine. The emotional punch of fifty wouldn't be as hard as
0: if you started from issue one. Mm-hmm. But moving forward from that, you You, you can at least get the context of everything. Of what's happening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you get the context of it.
1: Speaking so. of which, a little off topic. Did you know they already came out with a trade paperback for uh, Cold Days? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, Image does release... Uh, they release the
0: trade paperback pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They do release those fast. So right after the story is done, it's already pretty much collected. So they release it fast. It, Hold on, what are we talking about
1: here? Cold Days. Like the, paperback yeah they the, release them quickly the arc for this like with with am i am i pronouncing Wait, am right? i
0: am i am i thinking i'm thinking cold spots
1: yeah you're thinking cold spots that that, cold that one for spots. sure the tpb the came out like pretty much the same day that that yeah, issue yeah, that's, issue that, that's four came out like,
0: in my head i was like cold spot okay or is issue five especially because you set off topic so i just like connected to another publisher
1: yeah <laughs> yeah but uh Cold Days, the Cold Days arc. Cold Days arc, yeah. They yeah, came yeah, out with yeah. the trade paperback for that.
0: That was a few arcs ago, though. So that Yeah, I mean, but that was sense. still
1: fairly recent. I wasn't I expecting so. it to come out with the TPB so fast, right?
0: Yeah. But, well, when, uh, when it's a bi-weekly book, they, I think they kind of have to because just so much story comes out, right? Right. So, yeah, each right. arc is only like two months.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what I find interesting uh, as well is... In this particular issue. Like you can almost. I would say issue 50 is a key issue. In 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 understanding what's going on. You know now that I think about it. Even though this issue doesn't make much sense on its own. If you read this. Having read issue 50 onward. This issue is actually a good summary of what's happening to Batman 2. Yes. Because he talks about everything that happens. Yes. But again if you. Having it's like it's it's like a semi recap almost.
0: Yes, if you were, it's a recap from a sort of different perspective.
1: Yeah, if you had read the previous issues, then this re—I don't know—it's weird. It's weird. Like it makes sense as a recap, but it also doesn't make sense as a recap from the perspective of a fresh reader.
0: Yes, because because what we got from fifty was kind of Selena's point of view, right? Yeah and and here it's you can really see how that's taken a toll on batman and, yeah and batman's recapping that but in the state that he's in now yeah so it's it it's darker yeah than what we originally think right um but yeah i, I think on on its own it's a the art is fantastic in this book on its own it, it's really trying to tell a metaphoric story mm-hmm. and and it really tries to stand on its own but really you you need to understand the context of the arc uh the context of the story of the run in general yeah. to to pick up on
1: the things that this issue is trying to say yeah so the the question that i have then is yeah from issue 1 or sorry, from the previous issue and this issue mm-hmm. what's been going on with batman right like i think that's the main question like what's sleeping i know well maybe perhaps it's a good chance obviously but but for that long like like basically like I don't know two issues of, of no main story push through
0: it's gonna be like that for another two or three yeah I feel like yeah
1: that's pretty crazy yeah so that means like the issue when they finally come back and and really push that the main storyline forward like that's That's gonna be a crazy issue.
0: I I know that this could be, this could be an entire arc of self-discovery. Yeah, that he digs himself
1: out of at the end of it, right? So who knows? He could pull an Oliver Queen and just come back from the dream world, just better, smarter, faster. He somehow becomes Bionic Woman. Uh (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know. alright so uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's
0: wrap up Batman talk and let's go to our second book it's Justice League number 15 it's written by Scott Snyder and James Tynion IV with art by Jim Chung Stefan Sco- Segovia on pencil Mark Morales and Stefan Segovia on ink colors by Tomomori and Will Quintana and letters by Tom Napolitano a much better paced issue compared to the last issue for me.
1: I really enjoy I enjoyed this issue. I really enjoyed this issue. I also really enjoyed the writing in this issue. Yes. The the dialogue was just was perfect. Was absolutely perfect. Like I really enjoy it when uh Snyder and uh Tinian the fourth uh the, the way that they they write the interactions between league members. Mm-hmm it's it's almost they write him in a way it's almost like you know them like you know somebody like them yeah uh a a few key interactions that i that i thought were were pretty funny uh there's one right in the beginning of the issue when they're trying to deal with uh uh, starman Mm -hmm. starman's uh basically like his reaction like he's going off right like he's about to explode yeah and then Superman says that his solar receptors in his skin are just bathing in all his energy, and there's so much of it that he feels like he could crack the earth in half with just a footstep. And then Batman just goes, "Okay, well, don't." <laughs> <laughs> literally, like literally, just, literally, just, just, well, just don't, don't, <laughs> <laughs> like that, that kind of stuff. The
0: the Trinity is written really well.
1: Yeah, um, in this series.
0: Also, I think... Well, we were talking about it last week as well in Heroes and Crisis. The Trinity's yeah. done... Their interactions are done really well in there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Snyder seems to have a really good grasp... Yeah. Uh, ...of their relationship. Yeah. And James Tynion... He's... he He's having... He's getting a really good grasp of how to write their dialogue. Yeah. I feel like in this series particularly, he's... He's been doing a lot of the work in terms of building the backstory. Yeah. Building... Motive and stuff like that, and building the world. Yeah. And Snyder has just sort of had free reins and pushing that story and narrative forward. Yeah. And letting these characters just sort of run around the sandbox and do whatever it is they need to do. Yeah. To to fix the thing that they did. Yeah. Um. But James Snyder has been doing a lot of the setup work for that.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: I feel like he's getting a better grasp of writing the characters,
1: and he, you can tell. You can really tell. And he, yeah,
0: he's definitely improving on yeah. that part, which I, which I enjoy because he does a fantastic job in other series that he writes when it comes to character work mm-hmm. that it's it's nice to see him sort of have free reigns on that as well. He, yeah.
1: Like, I feel like um, the way that they have paired off these characters uh, during this arc in which they're trying to figure out Perpetua and Starman, like, they, the interactions that they have are just it's just such it's just so the characters if that makes it we have Trinity those interactions work really well even this one here too with uh with John Stewart uh Kendra Saunders and uh John's Johns yeah their interaction is, is brilliant too there's one when they're when they uh, dive down into the um the uh the vault yeah and then <laughs> and they were um uh, they were taking out the the uh oh, who are these guys again the um, oh boy,
0: those two uh, alien dudes.
1: Yeah, the uh, the Dominion. Is it the Dominion? I think so. Yeah, the the Dominion guys. And uh, <laughs> so he takes one out by by cutting off his oxygen supply to his brain. Uh, John Stewart does that. Then Kendrick goes, "Oh, I might ask you to try that on me one time. I'm terrible at napping." <laughs> And then John John's like is like okay well I know a few ways that are a little less painful than that. <laughs> it's almost like why would you go to that extreme? <laughs> yeah, I think this these interactions are just hilarious and and I really really and you know that's what to me really drive drove this issue forward. Yeah,
0: their banter is hilarious. Oh yeah, John's saying, uh, yeah so. I gotta say, I gotta brush up on my isotopes. And I'm like,
1: okay, <laughs> okay you know what? yeah, yeah do, you're right. do you think, man? <laughs> he's,
0: like, he's like, no one should hug Superman for a couple weeks after we get back. <laughs> Immediately Girl goes, get back? Oh, that's some nice optimism for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just like just this there's banter back and forth. The teams really make sense. And I feel like it they they did a really good job breaking them off and like progressing both those storylines at the same
1: time. Yeah. 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 I mean to the Starman one doesn't need much progression, right? Like I feel like beyond what he's revealed to them, this issue, I don't think I really care about Starman after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was, he's there to, to basically drive that perpetual storyline forward. Um, and to reveal, I guess, what Lex has really been up to and why he's brought him here. Or why you, uh did was it Lex that traveled back in time to get, to grab him and I then bring so. him bring him forward? Yeah. Either way, uh anything beyond that, like I just I don't really care about him at this point. Mm-hmm. Right? So the fact that they've kept that storyline to a minimum, uh I think was is is logistically it makes a lot of sense on their part because this is the stuff that we care about right the stuff on Thanagar um, Prime. Prime yeah uh, because now we know that uh, a lot of this stuff does have to do with Perpetua right mm-hmm. which in the beginning we had no clue as to how it could have yeah uh, but now we know it does so the other thing too is I'm also glad that they circled it back to Perpetua. Yes. Finally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, <laughs> we we had made mention of that issues issues and issues ago where they name drop Perpetua and then they're like peace guys we want to go talk about something else now. Yeah. And then they did that for like a full two hours. Yeah. And it's like guys I want to know what's happening with Perpetua. Yeah.
1: Because they and, it's, and I'm
0: glad they went back to it
1: because they haven't they haven't mentioned Perpetua, not since the beginning of uh, or just prior to the beginning of Drowned Earth, mm-hmm. right? And that was like was it issue fifteen because that now? was
0: right after they got they got the totality.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think Drowned Earth started an issue. Was it oh, I nine? Remember. I think I issue think nine. So. Yeah. So it's literally been like six or seven issues. Yeah. Since they've mentioned Perpetual And it
0: just feels longer too because it crossed over with Aquaman, which had the same story. Yeah. Right. And then it crossed over and then it had like the two like the, the, start and the, finish issues. Yeah, and then, and some, then...
1: some Titan crossovers too. Exactly, so there yeah. was just a lot of books that we had to read to get to this point. So it just felt like it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But really it's been like maybe two months.
0: Yeah. 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 because yeah. all of that unfolded pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, which makes sense, yeah. right? Because that's like that would basically be about eight issues mm-hmm. plus all the tie-in ones. So we were probably looking at like almost 14 issues worth of material before we would read the name Perpetua again, mm-hmm. right? So it just seemed like a lot.
0: It And it feels, yeah, it feels like a lot. It's, especially with something that big and it's so central to the core concept of the book of what they're trying to at achieve least, with at the book. Yeah,
1: at least the arc anyway.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That... You, you feel like they would have gotten to it right away, but I'm glad they're getting to it now um, after a bunch of Starman screaming and and sleeping <laughs> and almost blowing up. Like, Starman must be like...
1: He must be like... Tired? A crazy oh. strong oh, superhero. Like, aside from the fact that he's just a worthless piece of garbage right now. This <laughs> At this moment, yeah. At this moment, yeah. yeah. But he yeah, must no, he's, be a he crazy must, yeah. strong superhero. He's pretty
0: strong. He's pretty strong.
1: Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I... I don't know anything about Starman beyond what I've read here, right? So, which is fine
0: because like if if you're a new reader to a series and and there's characters that they're being reintroduced, they they should be introduced a bit more. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like if 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 I had perhaps had known a bit more about Starman before he showed up um in in the Justice League series here, maybe I would have had some sort of desire to see him more. But at this point I just don't care because this storyline at this point needs to be driven forward yes right yeah, like for sure um i think they they must have thought of they must have timed this like had this timed out perfectly like okay we'll we'll leave these guys hanging for like this amount of time <laughs> and then we'll bring it back yeah right just just in the nick of time oh, no, for, like, sure. Yeah, for sure yeah they,
0: they planned this out like months ahead yeah
1: for sure so again like I'm glad that they brought Perpetua back because it, it that's the storyline does need to move forward at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems like things are now going to move pretty quick moving forward at this point. So uh I would say what do you what do you think? Do you think they'll resolve this within the next couple of issues or do you feel like there's at least another arc or two coming before? Cuz this is also a pretty big event. I can see this happening both ways.
0: Yeah. Next, I feel like the next issue they're going to be um, the elder is going to like explain Perpetual somewhere. Yeah. Um. Then they're gonna finish fighting on Thanagar. Could be next issue with issue after that. Yeah. Then they're going to have to hunt down the totality again, and then there's probably gonna be some. There's gonna be a Legion of Doom issue in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like it's it could be another. It could be another arc or so, but before also Perpetual also the, really gets
1: revealed also the Batman who laughs is probably gonna make an appearance again, yes, because he's obviously made it clear that he's integral to this arc as well mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that they've kept him h- hidden so far a- after he's gotten uh, after he's been released leads me to believe that uh this could be like a top ten anime betrayals of all time sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, Those are always so heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that um, the 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 Martian uh, that uh, is hidden on Thanagar Prime is going to die. And they then,
0: can't kill him off that early. He just got back in the league. <laughs> and then,
1: no, 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 not 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 the Martian Manhunter. The uh, oh yeah the uh, oh I, the, I, the 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 elder yeah the elder the elder yeah, Martian. Yeah, yeah. And then Johns Johns is gonna go. Um, uh, Super Martian Manhunter, two. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be that scene
0: from that future of Gohan arc. Oh. <laughs> and he's gonna be trunks on the ground. He's just crying, <laughs> raging. <laughs> yeah, so interesting to see where they go at next now because I, I've I've wanted them to bring back Perpetual for a long time. Um, I was really intrigued about the idea of Perpetual when they first introduced it about. The idea that the totality being just this, this being, you know. Yeah. So it's cool that they're talking about now. They're referring back to the history of the multiverse and the multiverse before the multiverse. Yeah. Which is really intriguing. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So lots of uh, lots of good references there. Also, the Green Lantern Corps shows up as well.
0: A bit out of character. Um, uh, a bit I, out of character for them, I think.
1: I. I just think that. Uh, whoever has devised the plan to bring back thanagar prime into the way that it was has fooled the green lantern corps into believing that this is a real planet yes so um i think uh it's out of character for them but at the same time i think they'll figure it out fairly quickly yeah and then they'll 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 join the fight along john stewart at some point
0: they should because john stewart's got a pretty high ranking and Green Lantern Corps, right? So
1: also his ring is just phenomenal. It's not there, so yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's he's got to be. There's no way that they can win against him at this point. He that that's got to be some sort of power up that we don't know about yet. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm 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 yeah. I'm kind of hoping that they they give John Stewart a little more, right? With Super this... Saiyan
0: Green Evolution. Super... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe. <laughs> that says G
1: E. Because because I think once they understand the totality yeah. once they understand Perpetua the the individuals that have been affected uh, by the uh, by the events of uh, of uh, oh it's I'm blanking in my head now Drone Earth not Drone Earth prior to that um I forgot what the, that event dry was Dry Earth no uh, <laughs> no what was uh, the thing before it that it was uh Oh boy! All right. Anyways, uh, when, uh, when they were fighting the Legion of Doom, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, during that arc, when remember when the with the White Lantern reveal, like the oh Earth right, Lantern? right, right, okay, yeah. So the people that have been were affected by that event, right? The whole so, ultraviolet core thing, yeah, yeah. So ultraviolet core, because so, John Stewart was affected by that. Then Kendra Saunders now has her wings of totality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I think once it becomes clear what those things are they will then fully utilize the new powers they've been given and it's going to be amazing it's going to be cray cray <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a bit, big showdown yeah. Sure.
0: yeah 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 okay so why don't we wrap up our justice league conversation and book number three is blackbird number four it's written by sam humphreys with art by jem Bartel, layout art by paul ryan colors by triona Farrell, and letters by jody Wynn. I'm gonna let you go ahead and start this one up. I know you're really excited about Blackbird.
1: I'm always excited. You're for Blackbird. always excited about Blackbird. The artwork, I can never say enough about the artwork. Absolutely. Um, the <clears throat> The way that the story progresses here, I feel like th- I feel like this issue is the issue that uh, might have moved things a little too fast, right? Because you know how you were saying that about issue one. How, how you wanted them to maybe dwell on that setup a little bit more mm-hmm. this is the issue where i feel like they should have dwelled on that setup a bit more mm-hmm. right uh because her mom her mom comes back then clint's dad shows up and then they start talking about a treaty and then uh nina goes into the explanation um uh, of the four different uh oh, what do you call them what cabals, yeah, the four different cabals, and plus the fifth one that they've signed a treaty for, but are all fighting over, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then again, we go into uh, another sort of Nina monologue where she's talking herself down, uh, and then going back to the pills, and then the cat comes back, so there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. right. I I was hoping that they would maybe stretch out that meeting between Nina and her mom a little bit more. Yes. Uh just to just to give it much more of an emotional impact. Because her mom shows up doesn't really show any sort of affection towards Nina. And not only that Nina discovers that her mom went out of her way to pick to get her sister and not her yeah so there's a lot going on not not I think this was still a fantastic issue but I but this is one of those issues where maybe you want to give it a second or third read uh, to fully absorb the information that's been given to you because there's a lot of information that gets yeah. given to you yeah Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, Nina goes full like Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> and like, well, not really, because she doesn't steal anything. She's just trying to stir up things so that her mom will will come and talk to her and give her answers. Yeah, right. Uh, though again, though no, well, not again. Though yet, I do believe that it was written this in this particular way to sort of give us the same whirlwind of emotions that Nina's going through.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's pasted that way because things are pasted that way in her life. Yeah. um, There's a lot of different... A lot of different reveals that are happening for her that she just can't do all or put emotions on at the moment because they're just moving too fast for her. Yeah. I do wish, like you said, uh, I do wish that they 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 opened up that meeting a little longer yeah they uh, i wish they allowed her to show a bit more emotions about what she's going through when she meets her mother and a bit more of even though even though the responses were cold about like from her mother to her but a little bit more a a little bit more attention towards her towards nina from the mother uh even if it's cold answers, yeah. right? But at least some sort of explanation. At this point, it's almost like the mother shows up, has a conversation with... The f- and then it's just Nina is no part of her life, yeah. almost. And, but I feel
1: like that is that is on purpose from, think, yeah. from the mother. Yes. Like, f- I feel like the mother is protecting her from something. Well, from that whole world, right? Yeah. Well, well, not, well yes, from that world, but I think for a particular reason... Because remember in the in issue in issue two, when she got attacked and they, they were like, well we, well, we found you, Blackbird. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's something special about her mm-hmm. that uh, her mom is trying to protect her from. Uh, because her mom even tells her, like, forget about me. Forget about magic. Forget about this world. Right? And then as she tries to cast a spell on her to forget. Mm-hmm. Right? But again, she for some reason that this forget this forgetting spell just doesn't work on her. Yeah. Right. Because she remembers that for, uh, the things that happened like many, many years ago, Mm -hmm. the event that she believed killed her mother and then her mom tries to make her forget again. So I I think there's something special about Nina, uh, that's probably not going to be revealed for at least a couple of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe even, maybe even next issue to be honest. Um, when her mom inevitably, inevitably comes again, and yeah. talks to her because she's causing all this, all this ruckus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and
0: that evolution is cool though, because in this issue they, throughout the different issues, that there's just been doubt in her, yeah. in her mind. Yeah, right. There's been doubt about what she's seeing, about yeah. whether or not she is special, about you know whether or not Marissa is more special, yeah. whether or not Marissa is a part of it, whether my, her mother is alive, like. All these questions and doubt manifested in her mind throughout yeah. these issues, and as they're unfolding, she she's reaching for answers that she just can't find. Mm-hmm. What she ends up finding is the cat, which you know, cat Sharpie, yeah, which says everything in reverse. So he's basically opposite cat, and he tells her, um, <laughs> and and this part is is like kind of sad, but like the The cat starts off first line, your mom loved you as much as she loved Marissa, and uh-huh. it's like okay, cat, that's nice. And then the cat started saying like, when everyone told you magic wasn't real, you gave up. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, no, she didn't. And then she's like, no, I did not. Yeah. And then so everything the cat said was in reverse. Yeah. So if like triggering back to that first panel is kind of sad. Yeah. Because the mom just the mom didn't love Nina as much,
1: which. You Know that's gonna need an explanation, <laughs> yeah. So, that's like, that's gonna like when need you, an explanation for sure. The cat was
0: already kind of like that two issues ago when the cat first showed up. I already thought it was like kind of fishy, but now, like, this is the part where you know that's what the cat did. And but what the cat basically allowed her to do is to overcome her doubt and for sort of cementing her place into understanding she is important and she did all that and she did all that on her own yeah right and with her believing in herself with her no longer having those doubts about what she can and can't do Uh she went and just did it right and I think that's that's what was important at the end and that's what allowed her sort of full transformation into this character that is fully in the world yeah it's because she no longer doubts it she just believes it she's just like I am here Yeah. Right. I am here. I'm taking over, you know, come at me.
1: Yeah. Like that's, and and it's, it's good that you brought that up because in terms of character development, like this is an important issue because Mm -hmm. this is where we finally see Nina really, really taking initiative with intention. Yes. Right. Before she would just do stuff and then see where it, where it went. Yeah. Now she's she, the mentality is, I'm doing this. This is what I want, right? Uh, so this is an important issue in terms of her character development. Um, but also important in the sense that uh, we know now that the real world and the world of the cabal are much more interlaced than we thought it, it previously was. Uh, with the appearance of the uh, <coughs> the detective, mm-hmm. right? So, a lot of things going on in this issue. Uh, that I wished maybe they took a bit more time to explain. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's paced well enough that you understand everything that they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. So that once issue five moving forward comes out, you you know what's going on. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to bring up uh, for this, for this issue. I think it's really powerful and it just sort of like caps off the point I was saying about her discovering her confidence yeah. and sort of taking over
1: Yeah.
0: every, every page so far. Um, and I, and I can almost say the same thing because it, it never struck me like this in the previous issue. So I think every issue like that before it's the same. Yeah. Every page has some sort of someone saying something yeah. or her having an inner monologue. Yeah. So, there, it's either her saying something in that, in like a thought bubble,
1: uh-huh. or
0: someone saying something to her and stuff like that. The only panel that I remember now is from the beginning of the issue where she first hugs her mom. Yeah. Because that's her cementing something that she believes to be real. Right. But then everything else is about doubt, about the things that she's questioning herself, uh-huh. or about the people around her that just saying things that don't make sense. Right. When she gets to the point where she finally discovers what she needs to do and she busts into that place yeah and then drops the fireball yeah that page where she where she basically that four panel page where she drops the fireball in the place mm-hmm. had no captions nothing no words no captions no thought bubble nothing and that was the part where she i feel like she finally overcame her doubts and understood exactly what she wanted to yeah. do And went and did it And for me that part is the part that really cemented the issue for me mm-hmm. So yeah
1: I thought like <clears throat> One more quick thing I thought that um, When the mom was about to leave I thought that Nina was going to get so emotionally distressed mm-hmm. You know that, that that anime trope When they get s- super emotionally distressed And then they reveal some sort of hidden power Yeah, I thought that <laughs> yeah. was always going to happen <laughs> But it, at last it didn't happen yeah, so that's when I realized I watched the but, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it happened here, though, still, but through resolve. Through resolve, and yeah. I think that's that's more fitting. I that's think, more for fitting for
1: for this particular story. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the conversation on Blackbird Number Four. Let's go on to Die Number Two. It's written by Kieran Gillen, art by Stephanie Hans, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Oh boy, do I enjoy this issue! This issue was very good. I really enjoyed it. And the artwork on it, fantastic as always. And now we're getting a deeper, sort of a deeper look into what this world is exactly. Yeah. And it is not pretty. It is not pretty. And the things that... And you're starting to see the... You're starting to see the consequences at play of... The things that they did previously in this world yeah that they thought they could just abandon <laughs> yeah right and now that they're back in the world they have to sort of patch up and fix a lot of that stuff that that they left long time ago thinking that it was just part of a game part yeah. of this world right <clears throat> yeah but it is very much living and breathing and it has now dragged them back in
1: yeah right what's amazing to me is that they've been away from this world for 25 years and then once they hop back in, it, they know immediately what what to do. It's mm-hmm. almost like they never left, mm-hmm. right? Like
0: because it just stuck with them. Yeah. yeah. As,
1: as soon as like a situation arises, they're just it was like call to action. They knew exactly what they needed to do, and I thought that was uh, that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was no str- there was no struggle in, in rediscovering their power. They yeah. knew exactly what their power was, how to use it. And they used it uh, pretty effectively to dispatch those uh, those fallen that they fought.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's cool is when something like with something like this, when they're sort of going into this fantasy world and stuff like that, right, they know that it's not reality, but they they see it, they see it as more than reality. And that's why I think it's, that's what also really attributes to why they can adjust back to that world so quickly. Yeah. Right. Because that part has always stuck with them and they've always thought about it. It's always been with them. Right. Even though some of the characters deny it and say, like, no, I moved on with my life. Really they th- this part is really the part of their life that they're they're holding on to. Yeah. Right. Um if I can make a comparison, it's this it's it's similarly to sword art. Because for me in sword art, what a lot of those characters have is even though they get out of the world, they're constantly looking to get back in, and they don't—they f- don't forget the things that they've done in there.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And that just becomes a part of their life now, and they're—they're they're always searching and wondering whether or not that is the reality that they're searching for. Yeah. Right. Um. Not as a apparent in the initial Sword Art, but like later on, it it kind of becomes a theme, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in Mother's Rosario. Yeah. So, for for this story, obviously Solomon is now just ingrained in the game yeah Solomon is
1: the he, game he's he,
0: part of the game he's now. the DM yeah and he now has control over whether or not these guys get to leave right because initially they, they couldn't leave unless they all wish to leave together yeah right and they they must have gotten to a point where okay let's get out of here but now Solomon is so ingrained in the game that he's not going to leave because uh-huh. he's now become the Grandmaster right yeah so
1: yeah so <clears throat> um looking through this issue uh i feel like there's still a lot of explaining that needs to be done mm-hmm. like uh <clears throat> like they they jump right into the world yeah right and they try their best to explain everything that's going on like they they've they explain i think almost like 3 or 4 different separate events in in this issue uh, one of which is the number one is the fallen the second one is uh <clears throat> when uh that night shows up yeah uh and then of course the previous events with uh with Saul. so there's a lot of stuff going on in this issue that uh at the same time though even though there's a lot going on like you you understand like it's not like well what the heck is going on sort of thing uh like they pace it really well in the sense that um that you 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 get a good idea of of what's going on, but at the same time I don't understand how this pertains to anything. Yeah,
0: yeah. You yeah. know what I
1: mean? Like you don't you didn't have to call back to uh, all these uh, other events that have been <clears throat> that have happened or or is happening. So I I don't know. It, it, you know what? It's very much like a D and D campaign. Mm-hmm. Because there's also no rhyme or reason as to why certain (laughs) things happen in D&D. Yeah. yeah, Right? It's just sort of cool to read or to participate in.
0: Yeah. And it's just things that are just happening in the (gasps) world, right? It it doesn't have any particular purpose or reason, right? But one thing that really stuck out to me um, in this issue is the part when that knight shows up. Yeah. And that knight you 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 see the flashback to um to the uh, to like when they first met and stuff like that and then he said you know he dared me to use my power to make his words binding so i laughed and i did it just that 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 very light sort of playful thing that that he did ended up costing this guy his like his entire life yeah right causing this guy this curse that he never got rid of yeah right and that's crazy because it it's showing how real and live these actions are and how right. how much these actions really mean something to a lot of other people yeah and and even though it's a fantasy world and it maybe doesn't actually have any real ties to the reality that they live like the real world that they live in it does still hold value. Every little thing that you do in life holds value to to somebody else, yeah. right? And it held value over this guy in a big way. This guy this guy died and he's still living the curse. Yeah. Which is insane. And it, and it's crazy they depicted that. And I think that's yeah. like that's like the one shocking point in this issue where it's now now you start to wonder what other little things they did in this world. And what are the consequences of what they did in yeah. this world and how it affected the world? Yeah. And it must have changed the world in a big way.
1: The other thing that you, you got to keep in mind, too, <coughs> uh, kind of unrelated, but uh, the... What is he? What is he? Like, Ash. Yes. Ash is actually Dominic, right? Yeah. So, so that means he as the character of a woman falls in love i don't know if he was actually in love with the knight yes so it's just like does that mean dominic is a bisexual character
0: yes because he's um because he's married in real life right
1: yeah he's married to his uh he has a wife yeah Yeah, not that that again not that that has anything to do with anything right it's just it's just part of understanding the character yeah right i'm yeah. not saying that it's a good or bad thing it's, it's, it's it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah of course because a bit of a touchy subject i didn't i didn't know if i should have brought it up or not but i thought I, it was interesting. i do
0: think that will play a big part in the in future part of the story yeah um it is it is a touchy subject but i do feel like it's something that needs to be explored because there's got to be a reason why he chose to do that and why he's Letting those actions affect this world, so I do think that is a theme that's going to be explored in the future as well.
1: Yeah, Yeah. because like, uh, like it's very heavily implied that he goes all the way with this guy, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, you're you're very right in the sense that I think that that this will play a big part in how his actions have affected this world since he's left. So, and it could,
0: and it could have a real big play on. His own sort of recognition of his identity. Uh-huh. Um, because very clearly in the real world, he's attached to this world. Yeah. Right? He's still attached. He hasn't moved on. And the moment he gets back in here, the moment he gets back into this avatar, into this character, he's very much back into his own skin. Yeah. So he could be having sort of conflicting thoughts and confliction about yeah. his own identity as well. Right? So I do think, um, touchy subject as it is, I think that's intentional. And, uh-huh. that, and that's got to be something they explore in the future.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Also, Godbinder. Very cool. Yeah. That's yeah. like the coolest character. <laughs> like, she can just call out gods. Yeah. And just be like, all right, just go take care of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, help me out. Help me out real quick. Which makes me sort of wonder, like, what's what's in her god inventory? Like, what can, what can she do? <laughs> Cause She kind of reminds me of um, Shaman King. Yes, remember Shaman King? Yeah. yeah, that was a cool show. Oh, I really like. Yeah, <laughs> I, really, I
0: was I read the manga for Shaman King. That was really fun.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. and that remind and her character reminds me a lot of uh, a lot of Shaman King. So, I think so far Isabel's character is, is my favorite. Yeah. So yeah. so far, yeah, I think I, I, I it just it's just such a powerful character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and
0: but Isabel's character is cool, but I actually really like Ash's character because Ash is a diplomat. Yeah, in this world. And some of the most powerful things you can do in D&D it's, it's through your words. Mm-hmm. Because you, you can make a case for anything. And if, <clears throat> if the die rolls your way, if luck rolls your way, it could happen. So yeah. I feel like the diplomat, diplomatic <clears throat> role is, is really important. So her character really intrigues me. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. The, the knight... I'm just sort of rereading this now mm-hmm. uh I wonder if because of because it's very clear that Ash's words just like you said have have and have had a huge impact on this world uh and it's it's obvious that this knight is very upset with her for actually binding his words, even though. I mean, really, it's his own fault, but <laughs> because he because he asked it. Yeah. for it, right? Yeah. But uh, I wonder if there's going to be more characters like this that show up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's that's where all the consequences and all the stuff that's going to catch up to them. They they even said that there's no way they're going to survive their past. Yeah, right. Be- there, there must have been some other stuff that they've done for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, is there anything you want to add to Die Number Two? I think we've about covered it all. Pretty much covered it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just gorgeous art. You know. The, we we've already come to expect that because we from issue one we already knew the art's gonna be great. Yeah. Um so really interesting to see where this world goes. Very clearly the writer has created and developed this world very heavily. So it'll be cool to see what else gets revealed. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that ends book number four for us for the show. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, cover the last three books for the show. It's It's been a long uh, long little segment, so let's uh, stretch our legs a little okay. bit. Okay.
1: Three, two, one. Break. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and we're back. Back from break. And let's get right back into our comics discussion. Okay. And our next book is Green Lantern number 3. It's written by... Grant Morrison, Art by Liam Sharp, Colors by Steve Oliff, and Letters by Tom Orzechowski.
1: Okay. This is a... um, (laughs) It's a weird one. Yeah. As Uh, Green
0: Lantern has been in this run thus far.
1: It is. it is Grant Morrison. Yes. So, not entirely unexpected.
0: (laughs) It's a weird one in a sense that you, you don't really get... You don't really have an idea of where this run is going yeah I mean there's the reveal at the end when you know about I guess not so much reveal but like there's the the sequence that happens at the end and now you're like oh no a Green Lantern has committed a crime <laughs> and he's asked the other ones to the other guys to, to hide it
1: yeah right um, that's not gonna go over well with the ethics committee <laughs> not, not at all not at all HR is gonna have, <laughs> is a, field have a field day, day. with this <laughs> yeah. one <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> and but you don't know where this run is going like you don't know what the point they're trying to yeah get because uh,
1: honestly th- what happens in this issue other than sort of like the the sociopolitical message it brings across um it feels irrelevant yes like I can just read it. And nothing changes about about this storyline. Yeah, because I don't know what the storyline is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a confusing read. Um, but it you did bring up the idea of the social, political sort of uh, ideas behind this book, and it's a, it's an interesting one because it brings up the idea that uh, we see ourselves as the dominant race on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't see we don't see the other organisms on earth or the other species and stuff like that. We don't see them as having any sort of dominant effect on what we believe to be better for the planet. So we we continue our ways into uh into deciding what is best for the planet. Right. But ultimately we're greatly outnumbered by the other organisms that are on the that are on the earth. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it brings about this conversation, um, that in whose, in sort of, um, who who do you listen to when it comes to deciding what is best, mm-hmm. right? Do you believe that your, do you believe that human survival is more important than the other organisms on Earth, and that's kind of what the shepherd is talking about in here, as in the shepherd reached out to the earth and. This is what Earth wanted, right? Um, because he because the shepherd listened to the majority of the population, which happens to not be humans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it brings about this this conversation that it's 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 interesting that ultimately every every species think of themselves as being the most important, as being the center uh, of of everything that's around them. Uh Right. So
1: the other thing too, is um, uh, when green lantern tells them like the powers that you have received, like they're it's, it's temporary, right? Like in a couple of generations.
0: Yeah. Like the earth
1: is going to be devastated. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really, you're going to damn your, your great grandchildren for this and he's like all right this is messed up. He's like you're all under arrest until, <laughs> until we figure this out, right? Um but that speaks a lot about uh s- sort of the state of humanity as it is now, right? Uh it's 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 not as apparent now, you know, be- because the majority of the world now is is, is quite progressive, yeah. right? So you know, we're always thinking about we're always thinking about the state of uh the state of our environment and you know how can we positively impact everybody in the rest of the world but you know it wasn't too long ago and it still happens now obviously you know with with the turn of the of the industrial age and and you know with extreme forms of capitalism people don't care really about you know other individuals other than themselves and the immediate people that they truly care for. Mm-hmm. Right. Like as long as they're okay, that's all that matters. Right. Uh, and Green Lantern uh, takes a real good stab at that. Right. Uh, it Because it's, it's honestly not that far off from the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. if, if, if you did that with the people on earth now in in sort of our reality you would probably get some very similar yes uh, responses to that yeah. right
0: and and the the tricky part is you can't be it's hard to be upset at that yeah right because everybody does have the right to 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 continue preservation of themselves mm-hmm. right so if if they can find ways to make their own lives easier now why not because what mm-hmm. truly, what's truly important to them is themselves, right? Um, yeah. So I think that sort of like doubles back and sort of really doubles down rather on the idea that every species think of themselves as the center. Right? Yeah. And ultimately with, with this whole idea that they, they all have powers now and stuff like that is why wouldn't you enjoy that? Why would you give that up so that the future generations to which you won't be a part of can enjoy something else? Yeah, right? and it's hard. It is hard to justify giving that up.
1: Yeah, I, I must say that us as humans are not the most altruistic species. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, in 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 that sense. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, there's. I'm sure there's numerous, countless examples that we could provide. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean not to make this political, but I mean, let's look at Trump right now with the wall, yeah. <laughs> right? Taxpayer money to get, to get the wall built. It doesn't matter to him what happens to the taxpayer money as long as the wall is built. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah. again, it's, it's, you know, not to make that too political. Uh, I won't share my thoughts on Trump here, but, uh, <laughs> but that's just one of countless examples. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> again, uh, green lantern takes a, takes a real good stab at that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, he he sort of takes it upon himself to say like, no, this is not this is not right. Everyone's under arrest, and he does something similar at the end mm-hmm. where he sees a slaver and he says, no, this is not right. Right, and he basically kills the slaver.
1: Now, I do have an issue with that, uh, and again, it's it's not against. I'm not against Grant Morrison, but I'm against the character of Hal Jordan doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because again you're the what was the the race that they're called? The the slavers? Is that what they're called?
0: I think so. I don't remember the race name though.
1: I think they're actually called uh Uh we of the Dorians? Maybe Yeah, the the people of Dor. Like that's that's their way of life. Slavery mm-hmm. is, is their way of life, mm-hmm. right? and uh, uh, Hal Jordan immediately says that that it's wrong, and he goes and he kills them to free the slaves, right? Now, in our eyes, of course, it's wrong, right? However, we're talking about a different, not only a different culture, but also a completely different species on a different planet, Mm -hmm. right? So what right does Hal Jordan have to say that this is wrong and to kill the person and to free the slaves, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying, I'm not condoning <laughs> slavery. That's not what I'm saying. I, I believe it's very wrong. Yeah, we uh, believe it's wrong. We believe, we, it's, as wrong. Humans, we as believe humans, it's wrong. As humans, we believe it's wrong. Um, But, you know, I...
0: I and, no, I totally get what you yeah, mean. Yeah, totally and, and get what it's, you
1: mean. it's also but, taking a stab at sort of like the white knights of our society too, mm-hmm. right? Where, um, you know, where we try and take action against things that we believe are wrong, but really truly have nothing to do with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, a good example of that would be, um, dog eating in the Yunnan province of, of China. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Yunnan. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, animal rights uh, uh, activists and people around the world that are very against that. You know, I'm against it too. Um, But again, it's, it's not our culture. And, you know, this is, this is a a tradition that they've held onto for, for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, are we really truly in the right to say that what they're doing is wrong and we should stop it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what gives us the right to intervene? And I think that's a very touchy subject
0: that that they
1: really um, sort of touch upon a little bit. Not too much. They do touch upon it.
0: And that's kind of the beauty of comics sometimes, though, is that they can use all these, like, out-of-this-world characters, these wacky characters and stuff like that. But really... Bring forward ideas that we have right now in this world. I, I'm I'm totally with you in that point. Is mm-hmm. that I I don't think it's right, you know, with the with the whole dog eating thing. I don't mm-hmm. think it's right. But that's yeah. not my culture. Yeah, I don't live there. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So what what gives me the the right to infringe on their beliefs and their culture?
1: Right
0: for a world that is. It, that is at the stage where it is now mm-hmm. and, and especially for us because we're from Canada mm-hmm. and we're, we're we're from Canada we're from Toronto and we're in this culture where diversity is important mm-hmm. acceptance of culture is important right yeah. so that makes it even more so that we should be accepting of other people's culture regardless if they're wrong mm-hmm. because I I Wrong is only in the eyes of whoever's perceiving the action, right. right? And that's the same thing that's happening here in Green Lantern. It's wrong to Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's wrong to Earth. Mm-hmm. But it's not wrong to these slavers. This is yeah. their way of life, mm-hmm. right? And as intergalactic police force, the Green Lanterns are, they, they really shouldn't infringe on that, right. right? Now, if they've committed a crime in their own sector within their own laws mm-hmm. then definitely that's something to be looked at but right. you can't apply your laws based on what you believe to be right onto someone else's culture yeah. and that's that's kind of that's that's a big problem that's happening right now in the world and that's a big problem that's happening I, I think to, to sort of neighboring countries to us as well mm-hmm. um, but those are going to be really political to get into so I, I don't really want to get into that yeah
1: here. exactly and you know it's and I feel like that's sort of really the theme here of this issue like you know the same thing happens when um, the shepherd shows up Mm -hmm. right Uh, you know Hal Jordan goes up to him and says you're under arrest and he goes well you know technically I didn't do anything illegal right Yeah, but Hal Jordan of course keeps pushing it because you know he wants earth back right Uh, but as someone from earth as opposed to you know being like an, an objective intergalactic police force Mm -hmm. right so he's sort of pushing his own personal agendas and his own personal beliefs onto this particular issue as opposed to looking at it from from an objective point of view which you know it's tough especially when that's your home world that we're talking about here right Mm -hmm. so in that sense of course how jordan is justified in in his way of of thinking and behaving because of that but not, but not someone who's part of uh, an intergalactic police force, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's a very touchy subject. It's very tricky, uh, but I also believe that Grant Morrison really maneuvers um, that issue really well with, uh, uh, within this particular um, uh, story. Yeah. So,
0: ultimately, I think if the arc and if the overall run ends up being about sort of understanding boundaries and understanding what we believe to be right and wrong and something mm-hmm. like that and sort of dancing around those subjects and bringing that to the forefront mm-hmm. i feel like the run will be successful as well because it is bringing up topics that we're sometimes uncomfortable talking about in the real world and it's giving us a way for us to relate to that using this sort of out of this world characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that so I do think it's going to end up being a successful run.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's he brings up, a, and not to make the discussion on this issue too long, but he also brings up another uh, good topic. Working against your beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like the the Black Star Militia that the that the people of Dora have hired uh, for this particular auction. They they hate these slave traders. They absolutely hate them. But they're working for them because it pays well, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another topic that you know we could probably have another discussion later on as well yeah right and and what are you how far would you be willing to work against your beliefs and your personal ethics uh for the right price mm-hmm. right, yeah, maybe I worded that question funny, but. No, like what is there a price? Yeah. At what price are you willing to go against yourself? Exactly. That's, that's sort of,
0: is there a price on the the morals that you're projecting onto yourself? Right. That ultimately it all comes down to that. And I think it it takes the strongest of wills to try to, to to try to
1: block that out. (laughs) I feel like a good example that would be like criminal defense lawyers. Yeah. Right. Like as a, as a criminal defense attorney, even if you personally believe that this guy is is should go to jail yeah their job is to make sure that they don't go to jail yeah so like OJ. Uh, yeah like that's <laughs> like that's a tough job to that's do. a tough job yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: but that's a job that needs to exist as well because yeah. you need to give voice to those yeah on both it's, it's got to be fair exactly. the justice system's got to be fair exactly um
1: yeah. just as you know as scummy as these slave traders are they also deserve the right to protection if they pay for it exactly right so yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. for sure all right, so let's go ahead and wrap up the discussion on Green Lantern. <laughs> it will be a really interesting subject going forward, though I think. Yeah. Um. But let's wrap that up for now, and let's go and talk about Young Justice number no. one, a brand new series from Wonder Comics, the Wonder Comics imprint from DC, <laughs> of course, and it's uh sort of spearheaded by Brian Michael Bendis, who is the writer on the on the on this issue, mm-hmm. and it's art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, and letters by. DC lettering. Mm-hmm. Very I feel very, like it's like like, like generic DC lettering. DC lettering group, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it's
1: sort of like uh, unless it's like a guy. His like, name like, is like, DC. Uh, it's like Diamond and Diamond lawyers. Like uh, like uh, Diamond and Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> like those guys. Like you you hire them to take care of your like I guess your case. But then they all, right. But then they outsource their work. I believe to other lawyers. Maybe. So I think that's sort of like that <laughs> like you're just outsourcing their work <laughs> yeah yeah um you know for this particular like bendis's writing is generally like very slow generally but they he really gets to the point in yeah. this one and this was actually a really really fun read
0: yeah and you can tell he was just having a lot of fun with these characters yeah yeah
1: like he was he was like really inserting his own sort of creative um creative uh, direction uh, within this particular um, issue. Uh, Superboy is very different. Mm-hmm. Superboy is very different. Like the other characters, I expect them to behave the way that they did, like with Robin and and Wonder Girl. Uh, even Impulse. Impulse, is, it, impulse to a T. Right? That's that, that, To a T, that's Impulse. Yeah. Uh, but Superboy is very different. I actually like the uh, direction that they went with Superboy here. For Connor Kent? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean overall this was a, a really really great issue. Really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the best part of it for me is Impulse. There's so many little things that he does. But like he's kind of like us. Yeah. In a sense, like he's sort of like an extension of us. Where mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, it's fi- it's happening. It's finally happening. Yeah. These guys are getting together and it's and it's a team up sort of that that we've been looking forward to for a while." Yeah. Um especially cuz it was missing from the shows for so yeah. long. Um that we really wanted this to happen, and the way that it went down in this issue, I think you couldn't really ask for a better way for this to get together. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he just there's so many funny little things that happen in the issue. You can tell Bendis was just really having fun, and yeah. letting himself loose in the issue. Yeah. And you can never you can never really go wrong with Patrick Leeson's art. Mm-hmm. It's very dynamic. It's very it. It is like a certain flow to a very energetic yeah, and it's just, yeah. Very colorful, very fun.
1: Yeah. Um, what I thought was the, was so funny about this issue was uh, this is obviously a setup issue for something bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Like they obviously needed to create an event in which they could you reunite young justice under. Um, and you know, the event that they decided to do was, um, uh, the invasion of, uh, of earth uh through their the gem world warriors that they have here yeah right and these guys do not hold the candle at all <laughs> to uh to the young justice guys and um and it's so funny because they're calling for superman yeah and it's like if you can't hold your own against the against uh, tim drake against, against yeah tim drake and and wonder girl and even this this new character with her gun a oh, jenny hex yeah jenny hex yeah. and uh and Teen Lantern, yeah. There's no way, like, like Superman would just demolish these guys <laughs> in like a second, yeah. Right. So I just thought it was funny, like they they were trying to be all, they were trying to like emit this bravado, and, but they were trying to emit it while we were getting their butts kicked. So it was <laughs> they getting, just
0: they were getting kicked hard.
1: Yeah. So it was just funny. This this yeah. issue was 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 a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And there was a lot of surprise name dropping. <clears throat> Um, especially from impulse. Um, again, you know, my boy impulse out yeah. here just just doing crazy things. <laughs> call somebody, anyone, Superman, Justice League, call Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, when I first heard, I was like, oh no! It's like I wonder what's gonna happen. But hey, maybe they got the rights to use the name one time. Who knows?
1: Um, well, yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe they just message J.K. Rowling and say "Listen, my girl, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna
0: drop the Harry Potter name real quick."
1: Yeah, is that cool with you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then immediately after that, the, the the cop was
1: like, "Who are you?" Impulse. Who? Kid Flash. Like, and say that. Just then. say that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because 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 it, it. it. now it's because uh, now yeah now he's he's Kid Flash right? Yeah. And Wally is just the Flash. Yeah. Right uh and so is barry allen i don't know it's weird there's a lot of Uh, there's a lot of things going on yeah um but yeah like i I had a lot of fun with this issue uh i mean this issue in particular there's not much really to talk about um again just because they're they're setting setting things up yeah right it very
0: much is a setup just get the team together and then they even wrap that up too um with with uh, with Bart just saying like, "Oh my God, it's happening! It's yeah. happening!" And then they're like, "What's happening? What, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "We're being invaded!" No, no, no! The Young Justice is back. Yeah, and the excitement on his face says it all. I think the excitement it it outlines what we're going to get in this run. Yeah, and I think that's that's really exciting yeah. to look this,
1: forward to. This emitted the same kind of fun. Uh, that I had watching the Young Justice TV show. Mm-hmm. Like it very much um uh, emits that 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 same kind of um energy and 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 atmosphere. Uh and I really enjoyed that TV show so I have no doubt that I'm going to enjoy this run.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah for sure. And <laughs> then Bart says Young Justice assemble. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's like what? <laughs> <laughs> Just like oh no somebody hold Marvel at <laughs> <laughs> um but then at the end you know uh something happens and they and it looks like they all got separated um and now they're they're reuniting with other members and like it looks like they're gonna have to come together again but yeah it's just so many crazy things happening in this issue um yeah i like the artwork too the artwork um, was yeah. fantastic oh wow. yeah for sure because patrick Gleason's amazing next wonder girl's secret what is wonder girl's secret <laughs> oh yeah at one point didn't he say like oh now you've done it now you've pissed off wonder girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean plot wise not a whole it's lot. Not, it's not it's to not deep. it's not about it's like deep. it's very like it's you just like it's i fun mean first just issue. look at
1: green lantern for example like actually yeah, to, teen lantern it's it's uh, well no well the green lantern issue we were just talking about, uh, oh i thought right? you meant
0: looking at teen lantern. No, no, no no no
1: no um that that's actually ironically that's one issue that I thought we weren't going to have much to say about but ended up saying a lot about yeah right but yeah. and it ended up being that plot ended up being a lot more deeper than we thought it was mm-hmm. this one is very much for fun mm-hmm. right and and there's not much depth to it uh obviously this isn't meant for uh like mature audiences right but we can still read it and have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's very much a, yeah, just a fun comic. Yeah. grab it off the shelf, have a good time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, is there anything you want to add to it then? I think we pretty, I think we got
1: it. I think we pretty much covered yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, let's go on to our last book. But last but not least, definitely very good first issue. It's Captain Marvel number one. Oh yeah. It's written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Carmen Carnero, colors by Tamara Bonvillain. And letters by Clayton Cowles.
1: Clayton Cowles, just
0: out here lettering, <laughs> doing what he's he not part of He's not part doing of Marvel's generic uh, lettering group. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's part of VC. I think his uh, official thing will be VC's Clayton Cow. Oh, I don't right. know what VC is, but um...
1: Vince Carter. <laughs> Vince Carter made his own lettering group.
0: Virtual currency, Clayton Cowles. <laughs> <laughs> No, but he, he does some very phenomenal
1: work, so, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, this issue, man, uh, it's good. I, I will say this. As I'm reading, I'm just like, man, the, these guys are getting sassier and sassier. It's just nonstop, like, it's just nonstop digs at each other. And it it's yeah. it's fun. It's a really fun read.
1: Yeah, but I, I, mean, I think that's that was sort <laughs> of the key to um, really making this story interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take, you take that... You take that dialogue out, the story is actually it's it's very straightforward. Yeah, Captain Marvel comes back. She starts fighting bad guys. Saves a kid. Saves a kid. Goes fights and, another bad guy. Ends up in another Avengers show up. Yeah, it's end. fairly straightforward, right? But yeah, <laughs> but the dialogue is is very good, and and it's really what sort of drives the story forward for me. Yeah. Um. We also get the introduction of Hazmat. mm Hmm uh which herself seems like a very interest like she's very like her personality is very much like Captain Marvel's in this issue. Yeah. Um so there's going to be a lot of character development for really both these characters. Uh and I just I just want to see how their dynamic sort of plays out in the future because it's very obvious at this point that that uh Carol is going to take her under her wing yeah moving forward right? yeah um, so again like it's, it's another setup issue very much actually like if you really think about it this plays out almost very much like young justice just did yeah yeah because in the end she also gets teleported somewhere <laughs> else <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and is on another on another planet trying to fight though at the end on that last panel it seems like uh that cliffhanger that clever yeah it seems or like
0: reveal slash cliffhanger
1: yeah too. it seems like uh she's been there for a little while yeah <laughs> yeah so it seems like uh like an yeah. like an instant time skip it looks like <laughs>
0: <laughs> they got hit <laughs> hard
1: <laughs> with the time skip oh yeah yeah Dragon Ball super reference by the way guys uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah if you didn't know already there's gonna be a lot of Dragon Ball references on this show so and it's just like
1: uh, yeah. and it's just like who are these guys in the background <laughs> yeah but that's
0: that's what's so exciting I think um, right away they they they've built this premise like yeah Carol's gonna be back and Carol's gone yeah right and it's it'll, it's, it'll be really cool to see how how that world develops the other world because clearly I don't think it's it's. I don't think it's got much to do with with current day Earth. No, you know no. it's got a, it's got everything to do with the time that she spent at the other place, right? Yeah. Um, so it it builds off that interesting premise already, and I think it it gives it provides a stake that's higher than just her coming back to Avengers full time, mm-hmm. um, because, because they're already then, powerful enough. Yeah,
1: because it right? just it so, would just end up being an Avenger storyline. Yeah, yeah, which right.
0: isn't what. Yeah, like that part doesn't excite me nearly as much as what she's about to do in that other world. Yeah. Or what she has done in the other world.
1: Yeah, because that's really what this is all about. Yeah. Right? So uh, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to how they develop her character. If they're going to sort of make this, make her similar to the the Captain Marvel of the movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that's sort of what they're going for, to obviously help promote the movie. Yeah, because that's the real money makers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Marvel's really after. Um,
0: I think the the book does a good enough job separating itself from what would be from yeah. that movie.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and it gives people a good chance to to get on this run.
1: Yeah. Which I think they should. They sh- yeah, they absolutely should. I think this is like one of the few Marvel books that you can truly get excited for. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) For sure. Especially from recent, recent runs. We've only got a few on our list, right? So very few. (laughs) Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, a nuclear man. (laughs) 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 So (laughs) he comes in and he is just this huge misogynist and yeah.
1: Biggest misogynist of all time of all
0: time. And like, I found myself really rooting for Captain Marvel to just, like, kick just, this guy. Just smoke this just guy. Just smoke this guy. <laughs> <laughs> just, like...
1: <laughs> Which she does. She's this been... guy
0: is such a caricature. <laughs> and, like, she just smokes him. And then <laughs> and then Thor shows up. And the way <laughs> Thor is written is amazing. Yeah. Like, olden day Thor. Yeah. Help is a hand. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just reading the, the, the way that the characters are done... It's just it really looks like again like it's like young Young Justice where yeah. the writers just having a lot of fun yeah. taking these toys out of a box and just like putting them in the in the sandbox yeah. and seeing what's gonna happen and she's just really having fun with them.
1: Yeah, you know? I really enjoy <clears throat> this one panel. Uh, when uh, when Thor's commenting on Nuclear Man's uh, coat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his coat is quite fetching. Does thought does thou agree? <laughs> and Iron Man's like. No, no, I don't agree. <laughs> he looks like a seven foot tall dystopian Russian pimp, <laughs> and Thor's like, hmm. <laughs> but it, it it just goes. Like, to how sh- do you
0: even make that reference? <laughs> it's,
1: it's 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 so funny. Yeah, it is so funny. Um, I really i i i think this is the direction that Marvel needs to continue to go on, because I feel like they've they've tried their best to really. Model themselves after, like DC big events, mm-hmm. and then failing.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Marvel events. The the one problem that Marvel events tend to have, um, and and I think to an extent, DC events sometimes have that as well. But a lot of Marvel events depend on a forward momentum into the next event. Mm-hmm. Um, they they tend to do events that don't resolve anything. They're grand and epic and they just don't resolve yeah. and then it becomes a next events problem
1: like Civil War 2
0: that, <laughs> was, that, was
1: that was a terrible event
0: yeah like that that wasn't great I, I remember when I was reading Age of Ultron like that didn't do anything Um when I was reading uh, what was that called Original Sin like mm-hmm. that itself was also like just like moving on to the next one right you know so like a lot of events typically don't have that, like, book endy type feel. Mm-hmm. The last one I remember that did was uh, Secret War by uh, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, yeah. That really was, like, that was the event to cap an era, right? But a lot of times, Marvel events tend to cut, fall kind of flat because they just, they just don't know how to land them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> if Marvel continues on this trend, like, I which I would very much like it to see it go. Yeah. They're, they're going to have a lot of good books upcoming. If, no, for sure. Uh, if they don't sure. like this.
0: And Kelly Thompson, I think like has really proven herself to be one of the top writers at Marvel right now. Uh, she's done some like really, just really amazing stuff for Marvel. So it, it'll be, it'll be cool to see her stick on, you know, see what she's got planned in store for this run mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and see what kind of other books that Marvel might be pushing out. Cause I feel like, Recently, as we're sort of going through our like previews list or stuff like that, seeing like what's coming up next, Mm. there's been a few Marvel stuff that's starting to catch my eye. Yeah. And, you know, that could be attributed to like sort of this like new direction that Marvel's going And Right. Yeah, it could be pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, well, Marvel, get on it, man, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I I looked at our list earlier today and uh, it looks like we have quite a bit of DC stuff. Marvel stuff and uh, we'd like to balance that out a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, as much as we love DC it would be cool to see sort of Marvel taking some of that some of that back some of that spotlight back you know Mm -hmm. yeah All right. so why don't we I I think we're pretty much done with Captain Marvel right yeah yeah so why don't we go ahead and wrap up the comics discussion and uh, let's talk about that coffee we've been having throughout the show sipping on it for a while yeah (laughs) we, we have we have it has been a segment it has been a while.
1: This uh, truly is a holiday blend. So, Jerry, <laughs> thoughts, thoughts, flavor notes. What are we getting?
0: I like it. I really like it. I, I'm not getting a whole lot of different notes. Mm-hmm. Um, one I did get was a, a like caramelized sugar mm-hmm. because I, I I had sort of like a um, like a caramelly taste yeah. something sweet and stuff like that. But there was one sip that I had where I, it hit me with a, just like a very h- small hint of burnt, mm-hmm. very small. You know that, that like that sort of like yeah, that burnt taste that you get, but not yeah. like burnt like it badly burnt or anything. Yeah, but yeah, just yeah. like t- you know, tiny bit, and that's what really got me thinking like, hey, that's kind of like caramelized sugar. So I got something like that. Yeah. Uh, Fruit wise, though, I'm not getting a whole lot.
1: I got. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like I'm getting cranberry on this one. Okay. Okay. Like some sort of cranberry. Um, hmm. Hmm. Oh hmm. yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's this coffee in particular is a little. It's it's darker than what I would like. Mm-hmm. As I've said before, um, I am I'm, I'm very much a a light roast guy. Uh, don't don't at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic that we call this Dark roast comics, but... Uh, <laughs> this,
0: our it, whole it, show is built on iron. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's still good nonetheless. It's smooth. I, I'll, I'll give it that. Yep. Um, but other than that, there's not really much to it in my opinion. Uh, again, we're, what is it? Cranberry? Cranberry. Caramelized sugar. Caramel, caramelized sugar. You getting anything else? No. I might uh, be getting... Hmm, Hmm. No, yeah, that's, that's that's all I'm getting. I'm sorry. <laughs> so are we ready to do the reveal then? Let's do it. Let's, let's see how close or far. Creme brulee. Okay. Which is, you know, that caramelized sugar we're talking about. Yep. Marmalade. Hmm. And ginger snaps. Which is funny because I was going to mention like a cookie. Hmm. But then I was like, no, that can't be it. But I guess I should Ginger just, snaps, okay. Guess I should just trust myself next time. <laughs> just believe in yourself, man. Yeah. But overall, very good coffee. No, for sure. For um sure. I don't Creme f- brulee, eh? Yeah. I, I'm not getting the custardy taste.
0: Burnt the, the sugar for, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. But not the custardy. I no. didn't get the custard.
1: It, I wouldn't say this is would this would be a go to coffee for me. Uh, but it's again, it's 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 still good nonetheless. It's it's tailored for the holidays. Um, but a, a a cookie that's, like, heavy on, like, uh, that dessert sort of flavor notes, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of a fruity guy. I like the lighter taste. Yeah. But that's just me.
0: No, no, it's fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. I do enjoy fruitier tasting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not something super dominant, but... Like something like this, like for me, actually worked out really well because I, I do enjoy creme brulee. Mm-hmm. So something a little bit caramelized is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. and just our show's built on irony. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, why don't we end off the comic segment and uh, let's go head on over our, to our boardroom where we, let's see uh, our next recruit for the Humble Heroes Agency.
1: All right. Let's go.
0: And we're at the Humble Heroes Agency segment. And what we do in this segment is we scour the internet, the superhero f- fan and wiki, <laughs> and we look for interesting superhero ideas and we, we sort of share them with you guys here and we talk about them and we pretend that we have an agency and that we have a team <laughs> of superheroes that we're trying to assemble. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, we do. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. You're right. It's, this whole make-believe thing is over. It's, it's real. And we recruit them, and we recruit them to join the team, and we sort of try to put together a team that we think will be really cool, that will rival the Avengers and become the greatest superhero team ever assembled. So, who do we have on the recruiting block this week?
1: Today, we have a hero by the name of Firefox. Okay. And let's 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 get into a little history of him. Okay. Building a costume and calling himself Firefox, he began what was initially a low-key career of super-powered crime-fighting. Looking to do his best. Mm -hmm. However, a combination of the showy nature of his powers, along with his charisma and good looks, at least what could be seen through his mask, made him something of a media favorite in short order. Soon, the media's attention was on him, and more to the point, Mo found that he liked it. So his name is Mo, by the way. Yeah. Mo Slizzard. In short order, he was making media appearances, doing charity events, and anything else that would get him more airtime. At the same time, he was negotiating for various merchandising and tie-in deals. Action figures, computer games, lunch boxes, bed sheets, and anything else he could get his name onto. Similarly, a fictionalized version of him was incorporated into an animated series based off his adventures with a movie in development. Big shot guy over here, huh? Okay. okay. Oh, you're looking like All Might. <laughs> <laughs> he does have that kind of look, though. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, while he was continuing continuing to fight crime he has endeavored to do such uh, while looking as good as possible he tries to keep the fights highly visible and conspicuous simply so the media and his adoring public can see him in action and get good footage of him for the nightly news while he is yet to get to the stage where he, his desire for publicity overrides his common sense some are worried that it may only be a matter of time before he gets himself or even worse someone else killed hmm. Huh. A little, a little worried about this guy, huh? Yeah. yeah, a little, a little worried about him. Seems
0: like a very Johnny Storm type of guy over here.
1: <laughs> Except Johnny Storm has lots of common sense. Yeah. <laughs> Powers and abilities. Yeah. Firefox's mutation gives him the power to generate and control fire, and allow him to use it in a number of ways. The first and most obvious way is that he is able to project blasts and streams of fire from his hands. Similarly, he can also control and manipulate existing fires if available. His powers give him some ability to shape his blast, allowing him to produce visually impressive effects or even fire sculptures. Besides fire projection, his mutation allows him to fly at high speeds as well as generate fiery shields that protect him from harm. He has a very fine degree of control over his powers and seems to rarely have any collateral damage. Despite their potential destructive nature, a fact that he has publicly demonstrated numerous times
0: so he's got control it's this guy's got control over uh over his abilities which is good you know not every hero can do that Mm -hmm.
1: but uh his ego though i don't know man seems like uh, he's really into himself (laughs) but i mean we don't really have any sort of poster
0: boy on our team i mean this guy just just like a mascot type guy you know he just you know front and center right and put him out there yeah you know?
1: I mean fair enough I don't know man I don't know this <laughs> I don't know man well here well, let's okay here's his personality okay Firefox is supremely egotistical rather self-absorbed he tends to think that he's the best thing ever to happen to the superhuman world mmm he likes to show off in everything that he does, a fact that it's helped by his rather flashy powers. He will never do simply what he can do in an over-the-top, attention-grabbing way, and he likes to make sure that there is always a camera presence. When he's not singing in his own praises, Firefox relies on his own PR team to do it Oh, afford- he's
0: going to come with a PR he's team? to come with
1: a PR team, man.
0: Hmm, I don't know.
1: We're the PR team. They make sure that he is always portrayed in the most favorable light possible, gladly singing his praises. They also seem to go out of their way to not only overstate his good points, <laughs> but to put down any other superheroes that may be stealing attention from him, but overemphasizing their negative traits or making up things about them.
0: Mm. I don't know, Firefox. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if we can have that on the team.
1: Despite this, Firefox is still a decent person. Decent. (laughs) Dedicated to doing the right thing. Fighting crime and helping the innocent while he started out uh, with good intentions. His ego seems to have gotten the better of him, making him forget the reasons why he does what he does in the first place. I will allow this to happen under the condition that he fires the PR team. Okay. The Humble Heroes Agency will take Firefox if he fires his pr team and
0: because on a team this this sort of character really doesn't
1: it doesn't jive it doesn't jive it doesn't jive i don't know if clench jaw is gonna roll with him you know yeah or big kev i don't Uh, i don't know man i
0: don't don't think you want to get on get on big kev's bad
1: side i i I don't know i know you have team players you know what this one is uh gotta have team players this one's on the maybe list for me. Yeah. I think. I
0: think as an individual hero, you you need somebody like that who's very confident in their abilities. Yeah, but I think on a team, <laughs> it really just doesn't jive well with other team members, and it's mm-hmm. most likely to end up being detrimental. So,
1: so you know that's know. that's not going to be an immediate yes for me. I think we're gonna have to,
0: we're gonna have to put him through like a second round, or of a second round of now. interviews. We'll, you know, we'll see.
1: So Firefox, you know, just uh, just hang tight, just hang tight, man. Just keep doing your thing, I guess, and <laughs> and and we'll call you back.
0: <laughs> we'll call you back into the boardroom at some point, maybe. We'll at some see. point, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much concludes our humble heroes agency segment. And uh, maybe next week we'll have a we'll have better luck at finding more of a team player instead of <laughs> a individual player. But as an individual player, I think Firefox will do himself very well. You know someone who's just confident in the ability you know yeah this is a team we're talking about so yeah does have to end up that way (laughs) so anyways let's go ahead and talk just a little bit briefly you know before we end the show let's talk briefly about what's coming up next so quickly on the treadmill on the cosmic treadmill real quick let's go ahead and talk about what's coming up next and next week we have Gideon Falls number 10 Batman Who Laughs number 2 Black Widow number 1 a brand new series and Venom number 10 very good, very good, and it's going to be back down to a uh, not so hectic week as we've pretty much caught up on all the things that are happening over the break, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it'll be it'll be a nice change of pace back to what we're normally doing, which is nice.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> but- sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. So okay, let's go ahead and uh, and conclude the show. So thank you for tuning in. We uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify amongst other podcast service providers. So if you know, whichever one you're on, please remember to rate and leave us a review. If you have some time. If you have any questions, comments or suggestions about the show about what we've talked about, or If you got a book or a title you want us to discuss on the show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash jaredthebear52 for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjayoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, and we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics, and if you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at Group. And as always,
1: Wee wee goodbye.
0: (laughs) Goodbye.